0: We've got a whole new week of y'all shows coming your way. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and this is Y'all, the show all about the South for all you South Rons. Going to be a great week here. Going to have plenty of Southern conversation, Southern news, Southern sports. We're working our way up to next week's SEC Media Days in terms of our SEC sports, and hopefully we'll get some really cool coverage of that mixed in when that arrives next week. So we got all that fun right here. If you want to be involved with the Y'all Show, it's easy to do that. Our text line for you to call is 615-208-4184. 615-208-4184. That's a number you can text 24 hours a day as it is a number that people that listen to us on the radio and or if you get us in podcast form, you can find us. And it is just an easy, simple connection that you're there available for us to reach out to all day and all night. Again, that text line 618-208-4184. Hope you all had a good weekend. I think for the most of the southeast, it was a welcome break from some of the extreme heat that most of the south has been really struggling. We've had some weather systems pour in. I remember, I think it was Saturday Man, where I was, it was just a, 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 what do they call that? A belly gusher or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was pouring down. And you know what the neat thing was? That temperature dipped down in right around 70 degrees. And the sunlight was still out. I was like, whoa. Too bad I didn't have my golf clubs with me at that time. Although, it would have been a nasty, nasty time out on the golf course with that much rain. But, yeah, a lot of the south... Got a little bit of a little bit of a weather break over the last couple of days from rain and, and temperatures dropping and more. And I don't think this week is going to be anything like it was two weeks ago. So that's a, a great, great sign. We'll keep you updated on all things weather as we go forward throughout the week. Here, what we have on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show, we've got our headlines from across the southeast to go through here in this first hour. And our big headline of the day has to do with The story out of Georgia. Have you heard about the three teenagers that have now been charged with murder after they went to go egg a man's house? I'll tell you more about this story out of the Peach State. Also, an update to a lawsuit that was seeking reparations for the 1921 Tulsa race riots. A judge has dismissed this lawsuit. What's going on in Oklahoma? I'll fill you in here. In our headlines across the southeast, a longtime Tennessee lawmaker has died after a jet ski crash. I'll tell you about the death of Roy Heron in our headlines today of the Y'all Show. Also, have you heard about this weight loss drug that a lot of people are getting on to help lose weight? Well, there's another warning coming out. So if you've been kind of tempted to take this weight loss drug called Amzipic, Am- Amzipic, I think it's... Sorry, I didn't study pharmacy terms before I started doing the Y'all Show. It's something that... It it does work, but there are some warnings. So I'm going to tell you about it, and you definitely need to consult your physician if you're even thinking about getting on something like this, if you're even allowed to get on something like this. The University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill is going to offer free tuition to some students in order to expand diversity efforts. This comes after the Supreme Court recently ruled that the UNC admissions department could not discriminate based on race so they're countering that supreme court decision with a creative way to get more minorities that's coming up in our headlines today plus a man in south carolina i believe it was threw chicken feed at a school board to protest sexually explicit books that's one way to get your point across there as this happened in beaufort south carolina i'll tell you about that story today in our headlines also If you want to go see the Northern Lights, you might not have to go all the way to Norway. You might could go to somewhere like, let's say, Annapolis. I'll tell you how the Northern Lights could be visible this week, but you might have to go to Annapolis or several of the Midwest states or states out west if you really want to get your frequent flyer miles. All that plus a billboard that's been placed in Macon, Georgia, is promoting how much the good folks of Miller Light Beer love Alabama. It's the wrong message for the state of Georgia. How in the world did that happen? <laughs> I'll walk through the news headlines with you on today's Y'all Show. Elsewhere on the Y'all Show, we got sports to pass along to you. Congratulations to a first-time winner on the LPGA Tour and a Hawaiian. That's Allison Corpitz. Wins the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach on Sunday. Her first win, a former USC Trojan golfer, the first American to win in about eight years to win the U.S. Open. She got a $2 million prize. I'll fill you in on more of the headlines and an impressive impressive, top five finish for a woman from Georgia who most had never heard of. She actually had to qualify at the last minute to even get into the thing, and she picked up Nearly a $500,000 check for a couple of days on the golf course. She even had the lead after 36 holes. But I'll tell you about Tardy. The I think her name's Bailey Tardy out of Georgia. A little bit more about her in our stories of the day. Now, this isn't Southern related, but it's very disturbing what's coming out of the Northwestern Wildcats football team. As Coach Pat Fitzgerald, who's been around that program a long time, done a good job. Remember, Northwestern played for the Big Ten Championship just a year ago. Now, allegations of hazing, and I'm not sure that Pat Fitzgerald's going to make it to the season after more of these allegations come out. One of the veteran coaches of college football, and he still looks like he could get out there and knock some players down. Pat Fitzgerald news out of the Big Ten's Northwestern Wildcats. I'll tell you about that, and our college sports news here on the Y'all Show, that and other SEC related news. We've got some LSU baseball news to pass along your national champions of college baseball. We'll tell you about how they had a player go high in the draft. The Major League guys had their day one draft on Sunday. All that in our sports headlines of today's Y'all Show. Elsewhere we have the hashtag Hullabaloo coming up this hour. and encourage you to stick around for that. We've got some good stuff that we've been able to dig up off of the interwebs and we'll pass along that information coming up in just a few minutes. Hour two today we're going to have this week in southern history. We're going to go way back to the 18th century and I'm going to tell you how today or this week actually marks the King of France's declaration of war against Great Britain. Now we're not really into the French and British conflict here too much on the show but that decision to go to war with Great Britain It definitely aided the colonist effort to win against the British in the Revolutionary War. And I'll explain a little bit more about that decision by the King Louis of France to go to war with the U.K. back in the 18th century and that impact that it had on America. The colonies were in rebellion at that time. Plus, this week also marks the birth of a couple of famous black southerners. This week, Ida B. Wells was born in Holly Springs, Mississippi. I'll let you know more about this civil rights leader, one of the founders of the NAACP and a very accomplished journalist. Ida B. Wells, born this week. We'll tell you about her. Plus, Arthur Ashe, the Richmond, Virginia native, born this week, who died way too soon, tennis player, Wimbledon champion. champion Arthur Ashe in the news as we celebrate his birth this week. All that is part of our Southern History Spotlight today. Plus, we've got a awesome food-related, recipe-related feature coming up in an hour or two. Thanks to CountryLiving.com, we've got 70 picnic food ideas for porches, patios, yards, and parks. This is the ground zero, if you will, of picnic time across the Southeast. So, why don't we get creative when it's time to go out there with a blanket and enjoy a picnic. So we've got 70 different picnic food ideas for you, courtesy of countryliving.com. And we've got that coming up in Hour 2. Hour 3, Megan Headwall is going to be on with us. And it's going to be fun talking to her. And I know she's got something really timely and somewhat uh, conversational. I won't say controversial, conversational, that she's going to talk to us about when she drops by in Hour 3 of today's y'all show. That is a full complete show three hours of southern conversation right here on y'all let's dive into today's headlines across the southeast and we start off with a story that goes way back in time 102 years ago the tulsa race riot happened in tulsa oklahoma this was a awful awful couple of days that happened in tulsa and many many people died the estimates are in the hundreds in some cases I know right now they're still trying to figure out if there were um, some unmarked graves for example in the Tulsa area of, of victims of this Tulsa race riot there's even one person who is still alive who was alive during that time of the Tulsa race riot a 109 year old Oklahoman the oldest living survivor And this person just wrote a book that just came out. I'm trying to get their first name. Their last name is Fletcher. But a book about the Tulsa race riot by a 109-year-old survivor. So they would have been six or seven years old, I I guess it would have been, when that happened in 1921. Well, the story, and I'll get the name of that writer here in just a second. The story out this week is that a judge in Oklahoma has now thrown out a lawsuit seeking reparations for that 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. And Judge Caroline Wall Friday dismissed the lawsuit, trying to force the city and others to make reparations for the destruction of the once-thriving black district in Tulsa, known as Greenwood. The order comes in case in a case by three survivors of the attack who are all now over 100. So there's not just one. There's nine, the 109-year-old penning a, a book about this thing. So, yeah, the amazing, oh, the the survivor, the, the three survivors are Leslie Benningfield Randall, Viola Fletcher, and Hughes Van Ellis. And it's Viola Fletcher that has written this new book a lawsuit for reparations thrown out. I bet you this will be appealed and this case will go on, but how about that? The three survivors, all well into their 100s by now, of this Tulsa Race Massacre. There actually was, in this case, a plane that went in and bombed some of the rioters during this Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. To my knowledge, it's the only time The United States military and or government has bombed Americans on American soil to help quell this race riot. Yeah, it's pretty wild, pretty wild if you ever go back in time and and look at this destructive period of American history in the early 1920s. Now, speaking of race and speaking of numbers, Without immigration, the white population in the U.S. would have declined last year. That, according to some new research that has just been released by the U.S. Census Bureau, population estimates released last week by the Bureau indicate what drove changes in different race, ethnic, and age groups in 2022. The country had grown to 333 million people by the middle of last year. That's a little bit of an increase over 2021. And COVID had a major part of immigration in 2021. Immigration also propelled the expansion of the Asian population in this country. That's been the fastest growing race or ethnic group in America. So we've got, according to this research, Asian, the influx of Asians boosting the population numbers. And then for white U.S. citizens, Immigration drove the expansion there. Without that, the white population, including those who identify as more than one race, would have dropped population of the country. Now, 333 million folks. The Hispanic population in the country grew by more than a million people in 2022, the biggest jump in pure numbers by any race or ethnic group two-thirds of that expansion was driven by natural increase or births outpacing deaths the biggest Hispanic growth in pure numbers was where Houston Texas is Harris County they grew by more than 35,000 Hispanics in last year's numbers alone that's the size of a pretty decent sized town just in that one county in one year What are we going to do about it, y'all? we Are just going to just keep on growing and growing and growing? Do we have the room? We probably do, but do we have the resources? That's a answer that I can't come up with here today. Let me move on to the state of Georgia, where three teenagers have now been charged with murder after one of them repeatedly shot a man while they were egging his house. This comes to us from Griffin, Georgia, as authorities have alleged that Sidney Mullen and Jeremy Munson, 18-year-olds, and a 19-year-old named Mackenzie Davenport, they went to vandalize a man's home in Griffin. The teens were targeting a man named Jonathan Gilbert, who was known as Tyler Lane, and a lover's quarrel was going on, and it appears that the suspects decided to go to Gilbert's residence and vandalize, vandalize that residence by egging it, where they take eggs and throw it and crack them, and it's kind of childish but we are talking about 18 and 19 year olds that have alleged to do this when the man Mr. Gilbert saw that they were what they were doing to his residence he came out of the house unarmed to confront them and that's when allegedly one of them pulled a gun and shot Gilbert multiple times while fleeing in a vehicle with the other teens and authorities responded and found Mr. Gilbert dead in the middle of the road a tragedy out of Griffin, Georgia, with these three teenagers and Jeremy Munson, the the only male. The two women there involved Sydney Magoo and Mackenzie Davenport, and I believe it was Magoo. No, I'm sorry, it was Jeremy. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm. They got too many people with last names that starts with the M here. It's Mount. Mal- Ma Malgon Sidney Magown is the woman accused of shoot of shooting Jonathan Gilbert. So again, this all stemmed from a lovers quarrel and went to go egg a guy's house and now three of them are in jail. Charged with murder in the state of Georgia. A longtime political person from the state of Tennessee has died after injuries sustained in a jet skiing accident. Roy Heron, a Tennessee lawmaker who was out of office he died Sunday at Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville he'd been hospitalized since a July 1st collision with another jet ski on Kentucky Lake that is the Tennessee River that is in the western section of Tennessee right on the western middle Tennessee border the Tennessee River flows northward and the Kentucky Lake forms there it's a Great boating area for a lot of people in Tennessee and Kentucky. And Heron suffered internal bleeding and extensive injuries. The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency investigating the collision. Roy Heron, a longtime member of Cong- or, or Tennessee's state government, he was an attorney from Dresden, Tennessee, which is in West Tennessee. And he combined 26 years in the state, House, and Senate, became a floor leader and a caucus chair for Democrats. He chaired the Tennessee State Democratic Party from 2013 to 2015 and now dying after a jet skiing accident on Kentucky Lake there in his area of West Tennessee. Roy Herring died over the weekend at age 69. And I saw just the weekend before, I was out at a nearby lake, and I saw lots of jet skis. And it is such, it looks like a cool thing to do, and I'm sure it is. I've done it once or twice. But it, boy, is it dangerous, especially on these lakes and rivers where you don't know what's in the water. you got trees and stumps, and, and and the other main thing is just dealing with other jet skiers. It's something that doesn't get a lot of attention, but we got people getting hurt and killed all the time on these things and unfortunately a veteran politico from Tennessee Roy Heron is now dead because of a jet skiing accident a former Catholic priest in the state of Louisiana has now been sentenced to 25 years in prison after he has pleaded guilty to drugging and molesting 17 men that he met in a popular area of New Orleans tourist district And he's pleaded guilty to, again, drugging and molesting 17 men, this former Catholic priest, 61-year-old Stephen Sauer. He targeted people in the French Quarter who appeared drunk, lost, or in need of help. The crimes occurred from 2019 to 2021. The investigation began after Sauer sent a computer to an electronics repair company in New York, and there a technician found... Hundreds of images suggesting sexual assaults had occurred and the New York law enforcement officials determined that images were taken in Metairie and notified the Jefferson Parish Sheriff. So that led an investigation to begin and in the end this Catholic priest now pleading guilty and sentenced to 25 years. The prosecutor said that Sauer would put narcotics in men's drinks at bars or give them sleep-inducing drugs that they passed out from drinking and then drove the victims to his home in Metairie where he photographed or videoed the unconscious men and molested some of them. What a creep. What an absolute creep. The judge there, Judge Shana Beavers Morvant, gave the former Catholic priest a 25-year sentence, ordered him to register as a sex offender and banned him from contacting 12 of the victims. Again, a former Catholic priest, sentenced to 25 years. Now, we usually talk about Catholic priests and stuff molesting little boys. This is men, in this case, drugging them and molesting them there in the French Quarter of New Orleans. An equally disturbing story coming from Franklin, Tennessee. Authorities alerted there in a similar deal where a electronic device helped lead to the arrest of a former soccer coach who is alleged to have drugged, raped, and recorded attacks on his own players. Police are working to identify the victims, but 63-year-old Camilo Hortado Campos is alleged to have recorded himself raping unconscious boys between the ages of 9 and 17 Over the last 20 years, that according to the Franklin Police Department. Only two victims have been identified through the looking of evidence. Detectives have recordings of the rapes of at least 10 children that were found on his home, on his phone. Franklin Police detectives have said that some of the victims were in such an unconscious state, they may not have even realized they were raped. A restaurant recently contacted the Franklin Police Department after finding videos on a phone left behind by a customer. Workers were open to find information about the phone's owner, but what they found, according to Franklin Police Department Lieutenant Charlie Warner, was they found instead dozens of unconscionable videos and pictures, and they turned it over to police. And that's what led to to the arrest of this soccer coach out of Franklin, Tennessee, who's alleged to have drugged, raped, and recorded. I mean, it's not just that he drugged and raped them. He recorded these rapes on little boys that were part of his own soccer team, it appears, in Franklin, Tennessee. Yikes, what a sicko. If true, if true, of course. How about this story, another sicko story, in a a different kind of way? A reward of $5,000 is now being offered for information on a person that's been leaving fish hook embedded sausages in Alexandria, Virginia. Nine sausages that have had, again, fish hooks put inside of them. Put in areas where dogs and other animals frequent. And the Animal Welfare League of Alexandria, AWLA, is putting out this $5,000 reward to try to find a person that is sticking these these hooks into sausage, I guess in the hopes that the animal will eat it, eat the sausage and then have a hook inside of them and cause internal bleeding and die. Attempting to maim or kill fowl or animals in Virginia is a Class 1 misdemeanor, which can carry a sentence of up to 12 months in jail and a fine of up to $2,500. You know, you don't want to mess with our pet owners out there. They take their animals and rightfully so very serious especially if this is in an area that dogs and other animals are allowed to be in uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense why somebody would be, have that kind of disdain for our animals and our last headline of the hour hey have you heard about the northern lights a lot of people go off to the Scandinavian countries to see this in the, I guess it comes out in the summertime months but a solar storm that's forecast for Thursday is expected to give people in 17 American states a chance to glimpse the northern lights. That's the colorful sky show that happens when solar wind hits the atmosphere. And also known as the Aurora, Aurora Borealis, northern lights are most often seen way up north in Alaska, Canada, and places like Norway, Sweden, and more. But an 11-year solar cycle that is expected to peak next year is making the lights visible in places a little bit further south this week. So get ready. According to the Geophysical Institute at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, you might have a chance to see Aurora Aurora Borealis this week, mostly in states to the north, but Maryland, oddly enough, is one of the states that you can see it. Yeah, you can go to Alaska, you can go to Washington State, or Wyoming, or the Dakotas. But sure enough, Maryland, it looks like, might just be in the area that you can see the northern lights on Thursday. Get your binoculars out. The NOAA said that people want to, if they want to experience the aurora, they should get away from city lights And the best best viewing for this is going to be between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. That would be Thursday into Friday morning. So don't go to Baltimore to see this thing. You're going to have to go maybe out, if you're in Maryland, on the eastern shore or way up maybe on the Delaware border somewhere, out in the country and see the northern lights on display. That sounds pretty amazing. I know people who've literally taken vacations over to Scandinavia to see the northern lights. Hey, all they had to do was wait for a little while and they could go see it just down the street from Baltimore in Maryland. How about that? And that is a look at our hour one headlines here on today's Y'all Show. When we come back, we've got a Southern Sports Report, an update on the LPGA Tour's U.S. Women's Open that was held Sunday evening out at Pebble Beach. I've got the winner and more information on other sports happening from the weekend. All that is coming right up. Welcome back. It is the show all about the South. We're playing a little Hawaii music in honor of our brand new U.S. Women's Open champion, Allison Corpitz, who is a Hawaiian, and she becomes the first American to win the U.S. Women's Open in quite some time. The 25-year-old former Southern Cal Trojan golfer, the only golfer in the 156 player field to card under par rounds all four days of the tourney. She walks away with a couple of strokes win at Pebble Beach. How about that? Her fellow Honolulu native, Michelle Wee, now known as Michelle Wee West, this wrapped up her career out there at Pebble Beach this week as Michelle Wee West said goodbye to playing competitively on the LPGA Tour, and she passed the baton on to corporates who finished her final round at 69 to finish 9 under, three shots ahead of the closest competitor. She won a $2 million prize, the richest ever for an LPGA major champion. Allison Corpus, your brand new LPGA U.S. Women's Open champion. It was actually her first ever victory on the tour. She'd been professional for a while, but not long ago was playing golf for Tinseltown's Southern Cal Trojans and a wonderful win for her Allison Corpett's now I have to also single out another golfer from the south that had one heck of a week out there at Pebble Beach and that would be Tardy Bailey Tardy is her name and she's a Georgia girl that ended up finishing in the top five on Sunday she got Let's see here. What is the story here? She once missed her LPGA card by $343. She had to sit out because she missed getting her card by her winnings, not having another $343. And Bailey Tardy ended up having the 36-hole lead, ended up in the top five. And, wow, what a story there it looks like she and I share the same birthday so happy birthday to this Georgia girl she studied at UGA and at UGA she was the SEC freshman of the year in 20, uh, 2016 Bailey Tardy her parents say that uh, she's got a dog named Ramsey who she adores and she looked like in a. Uh, this is a compliment Bailey Tardy, she was the dog out there on the course uh, over the weekend, except in that final round, she just didn't have quite the shots to to take over, but an LPGA rookie who did quite well at the 78th Women's U.S. Open in California, we're going to hopefully see more of Bailey Tardy going forward, she's been a very, very good golfer as an amateur, and I'm trying to find her exact hometown. I still haven't found that, but she won. I think the earnings for her top five finish were somewhere around a half million dollars. So I think she's going to be fine on the LPGA Tour for a little while. Congratulations to the fellow Sepp Straka. He's got a Georgia connection as well. He's listed technically as an uh, a golfer from Austria, but he's actually got Georgia roots as he played – college golf at UGA and he won for the second time on the PGA Tour as he captured Sunday's final round of the John Deere Classic. He shot a 62 Sepp Straka, And if you ever hear him interviewed, he does not stru- sound like an Aust- Austrian Nine, 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 nine. The 30 year old UGA alum sounds like he's from mm, somewhere south of not uh, Vienna, but uh, Valdosta. (laughs) He sounds like he's two miles south of Valdosta if you ever hear him talk. But uh, what a great job there. And as a result of his victory there, he gets to play in the... I think he gets to catch a plane and head over to the Open Championship. Not a bad way to wrap up a good tournament there in the quad cities of Illinois and Iowa. Major League Baseball held its draft starting Sunday. As they had the first two picks go out Sunday in the MLB draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates picked a fellow with a tie to the LSU Tigers. Paul Skeens was the Pirates' number one pick. He's a pitcher, and he went number one. And then another LSU Tiger went number two as the Nationals, with the number two pick, picked the uh, power hitting outfielder for the national champion Tigers Dylan Cruz. So LSU back to back number one and number two in the 2023 MLB amateur draft held Sunday. I assume their days of playing in Baton Rouge are over. Pretty neat out and they had this I like the way they did this not long ago the Major League Baseball draft was actually held during the week at least the opening round, and it was held while the college baseball playoffs were going on. And it was a real distraction, in my opinion. So what it looks like they've done, the wisdom over at MLB, is they pushed the MLB draft to go up with the All-Star game, as Major League Baseball's All-Star game is Tuesday night in Seattle. So it looks like the draft was held in Seattle with Ken Griffey Jr. M's all-time lovable player helping to announce the first pick of the MLB draft. So that's a pretty neat thing. They're making an event out of the draft and tying it into the All-Star game. But a pair of Bayou Bengals going one and two in the brand new MLB draft. Congratulations and go Tigers! When we come back, we've got a quick hashtag hullabaloo to pass along on this Monday edition where we go on social media and find great stuff to talk about. And we're going to do just that right after this. (laughs) now for a little hashtag hullabaloo on the Y'all Show Monday edition. This is where social media gets ablaze with all kinds of southern conversation, and we light it up here in this segment we call hashtag hullabaloo. And let's start off with, hey, we're going to go right to the top, to a pastor, for goodness sakes. Pastor Crockett is on Twitter with the account Baja Turbo. Pastor, lover of books, I pick things up and sometimes drop them. Don't worry, be happy, lift heavy. <laughs> All right. I like the attitude coming from Pastor Crockett on Twitter. And what in the world is Pastor Croc- Crockett talking about that's caught our attention here at today's y'all show? Here's what the pastor, the good pastor, I don't think he's reading from the good book here. He's reading from the book of southernness as he's telling us in a tweet. Anybody else like salt on their watermelon? Or am I odd man out on this? <laughs> Salt on a watermelon. Hmm. That seems to be a pretty common thing. I'm just not down with it, Pastor Crockett. I think a watermelon, this is my personal opinion, but don't we all have opinions? Opinions are like watermelons. They're, they're juicy and they've got uh, lots of seeds that you can spit out most of them but that one watermelon i mean the, the 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 watermelon is a perfect example of something so good and yet can be so ugh, a good delicious sweet watermelon it can't be beat it's, it's incredible especially this time of year and i love seeing our folks pull off to the side of the road in their pickup trucks and they turn around they got to truck bed full of the watermelons that they're selling at a usually a pretty good price that's great great memories for most of us and luckily there's still a handful of farmers out there who will get their workout in by putting all these watermelons in the back of a pickup or pickup truck and then go out and sit by the side of the road for hours and hours and hours in the 100 degree temperatures thank goodness there's still people willing to do that now I think they make pretty good money that's one reason they're likely doing it But the watermelon, when you get that really juicy, perfect watermelon, oh, that taste is, it's just hard to beat. The problem is, you're just as likely to get that not-so-sweet bite on that watermelon. You're going to get way too many seeds, unless you get a seedless watermelon, and don't get all scientific. I know that there's seedless watermelons. I don't know if they taste as good, though. But that... that When you, you bite that rind, the watermelon rind, ugh. I'm not... No, no, no. I'd almost rather not have a watermelon after having that taste. So, I guess you just need to set your boundaries. And then, Pastor Crockett's talking about putting salt on a watermelon. Do we really need salt on watermelons? Does it really... Help draw out maybe some of that sweetness. The good stuff, if you will. I'm willing to give it another shot. I've I've done it. I'm sure most of us have dabbled in a little salt. I like salt now. You put salt not on a watermelon, but like on a cucumber. Ooh, that is some good southernness right there. Just a little bit. Just a little bit on some of your veggies, like a cucumber, a sliced cucumber. And you're in uh, hog heaven in the south this time of year but a little bit of salt on the watermelon according to pastor crockett anybody else like salt on their watermelon or am i the odd man out on this i'd say you're pretty got a lot of company there pastor crockett on that one so don't worry don't uh, don't feel like you got to have extra prayers in church come sunday about your propensity for salt on your melon Amen. Can I have an amen, Pastor Crockett? All right, that's a uh, opening hour hashtag hullabaloo for you. Talking watermelons and salt. See, we cover it all here on the Y'all Show. We got all the good stuff covered, and we got a lot more food coming your way. Conversation about food in our second hour. We've got courtesy of CountryLiving.com seventy, and I may not get to all seventy, but I got seventy picnic food ideas. for porches patios yards and parks it is definitely picnic time across dixie and you can go get that watermelon with a little salt thrown in for good measure and use it at all kinds of great places to have picnics in the month of july and i'm going to walk through some of that fun courtesy of countryliving.com when we get to our second hour of today's show We will wrap up this first hour with a quick, quick look ahead of Hour 2 and more. When the Y'all Show continues, again, you can text us here, 615-208-4184. We'll be right back. to now in the books. Thank you so much for being along for the ride here of the Y'all Show broadcasting on awesome radio stations across the Southeast. Plus, we are in podcast form. You can catch us each and every day with our three-hour show that's available for absolutely free on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app. We're on Spotify. We're in Apple Podcast, and we are in iTunes plus, an added bonus, we're at y'all.com The South's homepage, all ways to catch up with the podcast edition of Y'all. And we encourage you to do that because, hey, we have a lot of fun doing this show and we couldn't do it without you. Stay tuned. We got hour two headed your way. We've got a look at Southern history, all about Ida B. Wells and Arthur Ashe, plus King Louis. What in the world is that about? We'll tell you as our Southern history report comes up, plus. Some great picnic food ideas for you for the summer time. of our conversation about the Southeast is underway. John Rawl, the General of the South. Yes, I've got all the South right here ready to just share all the goodness about it to you. And if you're part of that goodness, then pat yourself on the back. Hope you have had a great weekend, a good couple of days. we got the good old five-day work week for most of us back here this week. And here at the Y'all Show, it is our Honor! It is our absolute honor to sit here and talk about what's going on across the 16 southern states with you at the Y'all Show. If you want to get involved, 615-208-4184. That is the easy, easy way to reach out to us. And we want to hear from you here at the Y'all Show if you have a moment. Let us know what's on your mind. We've got headlines from across the southeast that we'll be covering here in this hour. Plus, a look at some southern history. As it was this week in history that Ida B. Wells, the Mississippi author and journalist, was born. Also, it was this week that Arthur Ashe was born in Richmond, Virginia, the great tennis player born this week. I'll let you know, and it's fitting that he was born this week because we got Wimbledon going on right now over in the U.K. Plus, over in the U.K., they got Biden going on as the president meeting with King Charles today. So, uh, kind of pretty pictures coming out of glorious UK over, over across the pond. All that today on our Southern Sports or Southern History Spotlight today. We'll tell you about how the United States once was on the sideline cheering on France when it declared war on the crown. We'll have all that as part of our Southern History. Plus, this hour... The website countryliving.com has come out with 70 picnic food ideas for porches, patios, yards, and parks. And if I can squeeze in all 70, I will, but I'm just going to give you for sure a sampling of the nearly 70 ideas for you to go out and have a great picnic. Have y'all had a picnic lately? I'm trying to think the last time that I had a true picnic. It's probably been ten years. Isn't that isn't that just sad? And I'm not talking about where you go through the drive thru and then you pull off and you go find a nice shady spot. I'm talking where you load up stuff in a basket and you got drinks and you've got a plan. You know, part of being in a picnic, you gotta have a plan. And it's been a long time since I've had a plan. And right now I don't even have a picnic basket for gosh shakes. I need to change that. So we will have all of this picnic talk coming up later in this hour. Thanks to countryliving.com. Hour three today. Megan Hedwall is going to be back on, and we're going to have some great, great times discussing some politically motivated conversation with Miss Hedwall. Mayor Hedwall. Emeritus. Mayor Emeritus Hedwall. All that coming up in our third hour of the Y'all Show. Let's go right into our news stories of the day and we start off with some immigration talk have you heard about the information that came out at the end of last week from the U.S. Census Bureau as they put out some new information on data on on immigration and more and population estimates by the Bureau released last week show what drove changes in different race ethnic and age groups in 2022 the country now has 333.2 million people in it. And that is an increase from 2021. So we are growing. We are growing. Immigration propelled the expansion of the Asian population in this country, which has been the fastest growing race or ethnic group in the country. We also have a large Hispanic growth in this country Hispanics in, that, in the places like Houston, Texas huge, huge growth there for example, Harris County where Houston is located they had 35,000 not just people, 35,000 additional Latinos in that community in just one year 35,000 The Hispanic population in the country grew by more than a million people in 2022, the biggest jump in pure numbers by any race or ethnic group. So we got a lot and a lot and a lot of folks coming here. And now the whole COVID thing where we started losing so many people seems to have corrected itself. And we're seeing this country grow for white residents in the United States immigration drove the expansion. The white population, including those who identify as one or more race, according to the census data, it would have dropped last year by more than 85,000 people instead of growing meagerly by 380,000 people, or 1%. So, or not even 1, 0.1% was the white growth of the country. And I don't see information on blacks, in the country but it seems to be Hispanics and Asians are the leaders with whites slightly slightly growing as well as the tribal and Hawaiian populations that the U.S. Census Bureau measures each and every I guess every year it sounds like it to Georgia and three teenagers have now been arrested and charged with murder after they went to a man's home a, a man that they were kind of in some kind of lover's quarrel with and the man was Jonathan Gilbert in Griffin, Georgia that's 35 miles south of Atlanta and three folks a man named Jeremy Munson and then two women 18 year old Sidney Magon and 19 year old Mackenzie Davenport they went to this man's house in Griffin to egg his house and that's where according to authorities The man decided to go outside to see what was going on, and he ends up being shot and killed. He came outside unarmed, according to the Spalding County, Georgia Sheriff's Office. And McGon, who's a female, Sydney McGon, 18-year-old female, she allegedly pulled a gun and shot Gilbert multiple times while fleeing in a vehicle with these other teenagers. And he, Mr. Gilbert, found dead in the middle of the Spalding County, Georgia Road. And they've been arrested and now charged with murder. The man's age and details about his relationship with the suspects have not quite been released, but it appears to be that they knew him as he was involved in what they call a lover's quarrel between these two women and this man, 18 and 19-year-olds, all of them. And they were going to go egg the guy's house and. it. It went awry there in Georgia. A longtime Democratic political person in the state of Tennessee has died after injuries sustained in a jet skiing accident. He was skiing earlier in the month, or in the month, of, uh, it was on July 1st, where he got injured. We're talking about the loss of Roy Heron. He died on Sunday at the age of 69 years old. He was a Dresden, Tennessee democratic lawmaker for a long time in both the Tennessee House and the Tennessee Senate and he was jet skiing on Kentucky Lake, that's the Tennessee River there in West Tennessee East and in the border of West and Middle Tennessee and got into a jet skiing accident and had to go to Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville where several days later he died as a result of his injuries on a jet skiing accident Funeral services planned for Saturday in Martin, Tennessee at the First United Methodist Church. Former Vice President Al Gore called Roy Heron, his fellow Tennessee Democrat, a dear friend and one of Tennessee's most devoted citizens. The Congressman out of Memphis, Steve Cohen, called Heron a bright, diligent, and honest guy, a politician destined for greatness. Again, he was a member of the Tennessee legislature for a long time, as he served West Tennessee, the community, as he was an attorney in Dresden, and he served for 26 years in Tennessee's House and Senate, where he became a floor leader and the caucus chair for Democrats. Roy Heron, dying after a jet skiing accident at the age of 69. To New Orleans we go, and a former Catholic priest in the Pelican State has now been sentenced to 25 years in prison after he pleaded guilty to drugging and molesting 17 men that he met in the French Quarter area of New Orleans. According to prosecutors, 61-year-old Stephen Sauer targeted people there in the tourist area of New Orleans. He targeted people who appeared to be drunk, lost, or in need of help. He did this over the course of a couple of years, 2019 to 2021. And most of the victims were from out of state. He got busted when he sent his computer off to an electronic repair company in New York. And a technician there found hundreds of images suggesting sexual assaults had occurred. And that's where this repair company let the Jefferson Parish, Louisiana sheriff know about what was going on. And they investigated and it appears that he photographed and videotaped unconscious men and molested some of them, this former Catholic priest. And now he's been given a 25-year sentence in the state of Louisiana. A similar disturbing story out of Franklin, Tennessee. A longtime soccer coach is alleged to have drugged, raped, and even videoed some of his young boys on his soccer team. This comes to us from Franklin, Tennessee, where 63-year-old Camilo Hurtado Campos arrested after uh, he's alleged to have recorded himself raping unconscious boys between ages 9 through 17 over a 20-year period. Only two of his victims have been identified, and there are recordings of rapes of at least 10 children that were found on his phone he left the phone evidently at a place and they the place ended up trying to find out who owned the phone and in the process of trying to figure that out these images of him raping these kids were on the phone so they turned it over to the authorities and he ended up being arrested in the Cool Springs shopping mall parking lot tragic story there and according to reports some of the kids don't even know that they might have been raped by this guy the, the soccer coach because he drugged them I mean what a what an absolute low life if if true what an absolute disgrace that someone like this even has the ability to breathe frankly if if, if true if true giving him full legal benefit here. Have you heard of the weight loss drug Omzipec? That is an injectable drug often used for diabetes, or as Wilfred Brimley would say, diabetes. How did he say it? Diabetes. 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 Yeah. The great Wilfred Brimley. Sorry. I'm no Wilfred Brimley. I call it diabetes. But if you are someone who's been taking this diabetes drug to help lose weight, You might want to be advised because the American Society of Anesthesiologists, the ASA, is providing new guidance along those lines of this drug that you might want to pay attention to. Their guidance suggests withholding medications like Omzepik prior to surgery to reduce the risk of complications with anesthesia. A lot of people are using this drug now to lose weight. It, it essentially makes you not want to eat. And it is a miracle drug for some people but it's something you should definitely consult your physician before you start getting on this thing. It is now advised that people who take this medication daily skip their dose on the day of their procedure or surgery. So it looks like it's really having an effect on people who are taking the drug but didn't have to go have some kind of surgery Ozempic Ozempic oh, Ozempic oh, is that what it's called I'm not on it maybe I should be You know what I'm proud of myself for the first time in months and watch me ruin it by telling you this But for the first time in months I actually went out walking again for the first time in months both Saturday and Sunday and it was hot but I I did it I did it and if I can do it after being hot months I can just keep on doing it because someone told me if you want to really have a big big example of how much you can lose weight and look better and all that you don't need to just do it three or four times a week walking you really ought to do it every day so until further notice I'm going to attempt to do this every day watch me do it like twice a week but it's not that hard. It's fun, actually. I, I enjoy... If I've got a nice, flat area I can go walk a couple of miles, sign me up. As long as i got my earbuds in and I've been listening to my good old 1980s and 1990s country music, if I can get that going and it's not too scary, meaning there's not a thunderstorm coming through or it's not 200 degrees outside it's it's a nice nice little way to kill about two and a half hours (laughs) so if you do that you might not need to have these diabetes or diabetes drugs to help lose weight in a much quicker quicker way to chapel hill we go the university of north carolina at chapel hill is now going to offer free tuition for some students in order to expand diversity efforts This comes after the U.S. Supreme Court's recent decision to strike down affirmative action in college admissions. So to counter the Supreme Court, UNC Chapel Hill offering free tuition to some students in order to expand diversity efforts. Beginning with the incoming class in 2024, free tuition and required fees will be provided to undergraduates from North Carolina whose families make less than $80,000 annually. That's probably a lot of people. How about that? You don't have to pay at this this extremely prestigious university, one of our top public universities in the country, UNC Chapel Hill. And that means a lot coming from me because one of my top 50 colleges that I kind of keep up with is their rival over in Raleigh. So when I say UNC is a prestigious school, yeah, it is. So they're battling the Supreme Court by coming out with this plan to try to attract more of the lower-income families to UNC Chapel Hill. All right, good news. If you're trying to save some money and you got, let's say, $80,000 or less you're making and you got a youngster wanting to go to Chapel Hill, they just might be able to make it now. Now let's go to Beaufort, South Carolina and a man upset about the school board there at the Beaufort County School District. He decided to interrupt their meeting of the school board to protest sexually explicit books at this low country school district and the way he decided to protest he kicked bags of chicken feed away from the school board. He got up and kicked bags of chicken feed. Chicken feed at a school board meeting. Only in the South. <laughs> and lastly, here in our headlines across the Southeast today, let's tell you about how this was a little bit of a mistake, but it's actually a big mistake coming from Macon, Georgia, making Georgia home of the Mercer Bears. They decided there on Gray's Highway to put up a new billboard, and they would be the good folks over at Miller Light Beer. Miller Light Beer installed this billboard last week to promote a new ad campaign. The problem with the billboard is it says, Tastes like Miller Time, Alabama. I just told you this was in Macon, Georgia, home of the Macon Bacon, home of some great southern rock music, and guess what? Home of the Georgia Music Hall of Fame is Macon, Georgia, now that I think of it. The the good folks there at the Billboard Company, they put up the wrong state in their campaign. And Macon's not on the Alabama line. It is smack dab in the middle of middle Georgia. And for them to make that kind of boo-boo where they have a huge sign that says, tastes like Miller time, Alabama. Uh, that might that might make you think there for a second. Am I drunk with Miller Lite? Uh, the billboard which made a wrong turn in Andalusia. Why was it in Andalusia? I guess they thought This billboard was supposed to go to Andalusia and not Macon. I'm not sure. It's been changed. It's been taken down by now. But uh, if you thought you were drunk driving around in Macon, Georgia the other day, and you saw this Miller Beer sign that said it's Miller Time, Alabama. Nope. That's been switched out. So, oops. Oops Oops-a-daisy. Maybe they don't have qualified people to read their billboards prior to them being placed up there but a good billboard is something to behold and I'm in the marketing media business and we love our radio we love our our podcast and stuff but when you see a big sign that's got your company's name up there there is a little bit of a yeah almost like gotcha moment that is if you have the traditional printed out billboard up there, which is what this was over in Macon. This was something that some giant printer printed the wrong thing. Or at least they put the wrong thing at this location in Macon. These digital billboards? ah, Not a big fan. And if it were a digital billboard, they could have easily fixed this Miller beer problem with the snap of a button. They could have said, oh, we got the wrong one. Boom, ching, ding, bling, boom, bong, boom, boom, it's fixed because it's all digital. Unfortunately, that was not what they had to work with there in Macon, in Bibb County, Georgia. And that is a look at our headlines for this second hour of today's Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to move over to talk a little Southern history as we've got some Revolutionary War era history to tell you about, plus a woman who was a key civil rights figure Coming out of Mississippi, Ida B. Wells, born this week. I'll let you know more about her story. Arthur Ashe, born this week also. We'll let you know more about the tennis player from Richmond. All that in our Southern History Spotlight, and it is headed your way right after this. The lady out of Birmingham, Alabama, Emmy L- Lou, getting us back from break here on the Y'all Show. This is the show that shakes the Southland. We are Y'all, and we like to tell you about how awesome this part of the world is. We do that each and every day, but specifically when we get together on Mondays, I take extra time to tell you about Southern history. And we're going to dive into some Southern history, some people having birthdays that are Southern here this week. And I'm going to start off today with an event that happened in this week in Southern history. And it was the decision by Louis Sixteenth, also known as the last, the last king of France before it fell during the, the monarchy fell during the French Revolution. The last King Louis of France. And the reason we bring him up today is that it was in this week in the 19th century, no 18th century. I'll get my centuries right here in a second. King Louis decided to declare war on France the United Kingdom, UK, Great Britain and it was a decision that would affect this country because as we all know, the American Revolutionary War was going on in 1778 when King Louis decided to wage war with Great Britain, a war by the way known as the Anglo-French War that lasted all the way till 1783 it ended up being a French victory by the way the French battle with the UK but this decision helped get some of the pressure off of the American colonists those fighting for independence here in this country as Great Britain was forced to divert resources in the American War of Independence to go over and fight France and so a huge huge plus when this happened when the king of France decided to go forward with a war, a full-scale naval war and more against Great Britain. And this happened, this decision, back in 1778, this week, June, July of 1778 is when this decision was made. And that really did have a huge impact. We know from there at Yorktown, at the final battle of the Revolutionary War, it was the French coming to the aid of the Americans and the siege of Yorktown and the ultimate surrender of the British troops there under was it Cornwallis that surrendered, I think, at Yorktown, Virginia. And America began as a country just after that fall. Officially began. Of course, some would say we just celebrated the birth of our country last week, July fourth, seventeen seventy six. Well that was fine and dandy. It was a official declaration But until you can make it stick, and that would be winning your war that you had, your civil war, your rebellion, until you could prove that you could win against the most powerful military in the country, in the world actually, in Great Britain at that time, and they did, they were able to pull that off, thanks in part to the king of France declaring war on Great Britain to get some of the heat off of the Americans, that's how you win, and I think God had a whole lot to do with the American establishment of this country because, look, there's no way, there's no way a bunch of counter, or a bunch of ragtag colonialists should have ever defeated the most powerful military in the world back in the 18th century. But it happened. So you better not go against America is my thought here on today's y'all show. This week also marks the birth of Ida B. Wells, Ida B. Wells was an American investigative journalist and educator and an early leader in the civil rights movement of this country. She was one of the founders of the NAACP as she dedicated her career to combating prejudice and violence and for equality, especially that of black women. Ida B. Wells was born as a slave in Holly Springs, Mississippi. At the age of 14, she lost both of her parents and an infant brother in the yellow fever epidemic that happened there in Marshall County, Mississippi in 1878. So when that happened, she ended up moving on to Memphis where she ended up co-owning and wrote for the Memphis Free Speech and Headlight newspaper. Her reporting there in Memphis covered incidents of racial segregation and inequality. She would go on to document lynching in the United States with articles that she had in the paper. A Russ College and Fisk University alumnae, Ida B. Wells, would ultimately marry and become Ida B. Wells Barnett. She was born this week, July 16, 1862, in Holly Springs, Mississippi. She lived to be age 68, dying in Chicago In 1931, one of the founders of the NAACP and a civil rights advocate back especially as a woman when hardly, if any, other women carried that torch for minority women in the late 1800s, Ida B. Wells, born this week in 1862. Another man who championed the civil rights cause in his own way, Arthur Ashe, born this week in 1943. He died in 1993 at the age of 49. The tennis pro who won, won Wimbledon in 1975. He won three of the four majors back in the late 60s and early 70s. only one he did not win was the French Open, but he won three of four won the U.S. Open in 68, Wimbledon in 75, Australian Open in 1970. He attended Maggie Walker High School in Richmond, Virginia, the Richmond, Virginia native, born in Richmond, the capital of the Confederacy, born there July 10th, 1943. Arthur Ashe, and there in Richmond you can go see his statue there on Monument Avenue. It's the only statue I think in existence on Monument Avenue as they tore all of the Confederate statues down. So you got a guy playing tennis out there on Monument Avenue. Arthur Ashe died from age-related pneumonia at a New York hospital at the age of 49 in 1993. I think he got it through a transfusion. I think I remember that correctly. He is the only black man to win the singles title at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, or the Australian Open he is one of only two men of black African ancestry to win any Grand Slam singles title in the sport of tennis Yannick Noah, a black man won the French Open in 1983 but Arthur Ashe born this week in 1943 also born this week Woody Guthrie the American singer-songwriter, born in Oklahoma, Oklahoma in 1912, Guthrie died at the age of 55 in 1967. He wrote hundreds of country folk and children's songs, with all kinds of ballads mixed in for good measure. Most of his songs about the Dust Bowl period that he penned, and his songs have been recorded by the likes of Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, Springsteen, John Mellencamp, Jerry Garcia, and more. Woody Guthrie, born this week in 1912. And that is a look at some of your southern history of both birthdays and other events of the region here for this week of July 2023. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to look at some picnic ideas. Oh, picnicking in the south, it's a great time to do it. And we've got 70 picnic food ideas for porches patios yards and for your local park and countryliving.com has come up with that list and we're going to walk through it when we come right back on the show that cooks up great ideas for things like picnics we're the y'all show stay tuned courtesy of Andy Williams here on the Y'all Show. That is a song called Picnic from a movie called Picnic. I have missed that film somehow in my listing of movies to watch before I call it a day. John Rawl here with now Megan Headwall. Have you seen the movie Picnic? I have not. Okay, we'll put that on your must-watch list. <laughs> Looks like one of those classic love stories of the 50s. A nice, beautiful movie, it looks like, when you see the highlights of it. But Picnic, the song there. We're going to talk about not movies, but actual picnics here in this segment of the Y'all Show. Have you had a good picnic lately, Megan? I've not. Have you ever had one?
1: Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just
0: making sure. Because that's not something, that, as far as I know, growing up in my childhood, we went and did very often. I don't know if we ever did it. Frankly, if I think sit around and think about it, I haven't had, I've had a picnic. I, I enjoy picnics. But it's been at least a decade since I've had one. Yeah. so why don't you go over there and get the basket out and let's see what we can do about it <laughs> hey we've got courtesy of the website countryliving.com 70 picnic food ideas for porches, patio, yards and parks Christopher, Christopher Michael has pinned this at this countryliving.com so we've got a bunch I mean we're not going to be able to go through all 70 of them here but I'm going to tell you about a few of these ideas in our southern food spotlight of the week here of the y'all show it's a great time of year to have a picnic and we want to help you get out of that house. Get that picnic basket out, shake off the dust and load it up and go have yourself a good picnic. Now I love this one because this is very southern, Megan. What's a good picnic without classic deviled eggs?
1: Oh, I love deviled eggs. And, and a,
0: put it in a picnic basket yep. and you're in good shape. <laughs> I love dev, deviled eggs. Unfortunately, they don't love me like they used to. Uh oh. A little bit of a heartburn incident when that happens. Next up, pickled watermelon rinds. No, oh, never had that. You haven't? Well, no. You need to save it for your first picnic in the last 50 years, okay? Okay. Up next, another great idea for the South, especially the classic Southern Pimento Cheese and Quick Refrigerator Pickles. Uh, are you a Pimento Cheese fan?
1: I'll eat it. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not of either,
0: it. but I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah. So... On a picnic, beautiful summer day, a pimento cheese sandwich sounds pretty darn good. How about a southern tomato pie with bacon for a picnic? All of these things, I guess, don't require you to have to have a microwave when you show up at your pic- <laughs> picnic site. And so that's why they're listed here at countryliving.com. Elsewhere, we've got some more great ideas for your picnic. How about a strawberry lemonade angel pie?
1: That sounds good.
0: Anything sweet sounds good to me. How about, how are you on salad, like pasta salads? I like them. You do? Well, they've got a recipe here for an orzo pasta salad. The perfect packable pasta salad, ideal for picnics. It's tasty at room temp, and it's very easy to scoop. The orzo pasta salad. By the way, if you go to countryliving.com and pull this article up, they've got the recipes for all of these 70 recipes, perfect for picnics in the South. How about quiche? You okay with quiche? I
1: like quiche.
0: They've got a recipe for asparagus quiche. I think I'll pass on that one. You don't I, like asparagus? I, I don't like the way asparagus treats me. Okay. This <laughs> is gonna happen to you one day too.
1: <laughs> don't threaten me. Yeah.
0: Also, marinated mushrooms. Eh, no,
1: thank you. I'll You're pass. not gonna have
0: that on your picnic. No. All right. How about this? We were talking earlier about deviled eggs. You said how much you like deviled eggs. Yeah. You you thought pimento cheese might be eh. Okay. How about pimento cheese deviled eggs? The classic caviar of the South makes a perfect filling for deviled eggs, hmm. and it's not just a southern picnic. It's going to be awesome. Pimento cheese deviled eggs. That sounds pretty neat.
1: Sounds interesting.
0: Yeah, interesting, neat. Same thing. How about classic buttermilk fried chicken?
1: That sounds.
0: In good. a picnic basket.
1: I like some fried chicken. You like? You do? Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. It looks like you've been eating a couple of <laughs> buckets before you. Y'all need to see this lady sometimes. She's like the symbol of health. I don't know about health that. Health and beauty.
1: You should see how I eat. Well, <laughs> it's bad. hey,
0: you're the symbol because you can eat. If you eat that bad and look like that,
1: well, no, I got to work out. Really then you
0: hard. got something going on, sister.
1: A high metabolism. Is
0: metabolism, that what it is? Yeah. How about? You know, I like a drink. I like a good drink or, or two, and. According to this listing of recipes perfect for picnics from countryliving.com, they've got Dogwood Punch. Hmm. Ooh, it says adults-only combo of strawberry lemonade and sparkling rosé, the perfect beverage for relaxing on the picnic blanket while the kids run around and play. Although, I don't think you want to get too drunk. Yeah, you might
1: not not get off that picnic blanket.
0: (laughs) That's right, that's right. We're walking through, again, from countryliving.com, 70 picnic... Recipes, ideas, and more. Check it out at that website. Next up on this listing, and I'm skipping through a lot of them, how about smashed buttermilk potato potato salad? Hmm. Smashed potatoes soak in the dressing's rich flavor. Good option there for a picnic in the South in July. All of these, again, at countryliving.com. Moving on, how about saltines with butter and radishes?
1: I'm not a fan of radishes. You're not? You know, you
0: and I have a very similar palate. We'll take the fried chicken over radishes. Yeah. We'll take the sweets
1: over... Mushrooms. Over mushrooms,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How about brownies? They've got a recipe here on this article for fudgy stout brownies. Fudgy stout. Recipe there. Check it out. They've got a scallion dip. It looks great. Potato chips now. Potato chips and a good dip. At a picnic. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Pretty good combination, in my opinion. How about another great idea? We got bacon skewers combined with mozzarella and red pepper. That might be good. You like that idea? Yeah. Now, this is pretty southern, having grown up on a collard plantation. One of the recipes here is for tangy collard and cabbage slaw. This tangy take on classic slaw is about to become your new summer favorite. I can't imagine collards being tangy, but you can go there for the recipe and check it out yourself. Mm -hmm. How about another, we're talking about deviled eggs. Deviled eggs and picnics must be a good combination because they've got here at this countryliving.com website, deviled egg potato salad. You like that idea? How about the five bean summer salad? It has a variety of beans mixed in, green beans and more. I'm trying to look at all the other fancy little beans they got in there. I don't see butter beans anywhere in our listing of picnic items, though. How about ginger, cucumbers, and peppers all mixed together as a spicy, cool, refreshing salad? Perfect for a picnic. And lastly, the last number 70 that they got on their listing of 70 ideas for picnics, mojito watermelon. This is where you mix up watermelon with a little bit of a hot taste. The Mojito Watermelon Recipe. All of this you can find at countryliving.com. 70 picnic food ideas for porches, patio, yards, and your favorite park. Do you have a park somewhere in your world that you would go enjoy a picnic at? No, i
1: probably just you go don't. out in my backyard. Oh, yeah. that's
0: not a picnic. That's eating it in your a, backyard. Oh, no,
1: it's a picnic. you
0: got to go to a place where there's a nice backdrop. You can look out maybe over a waterfall. Or a mountain? Is there a uh-huh. mountain right by your house? You can no. here <laughs> in
1: western Seattle. <laughs> no, <so.
0: laughs> you don't have a uh, ski resort next to you that you can go check out. um Just go find you a tree somewhere in the shade, especially. Yep. Boy, I, I I went walking the other day. You should be proud of me. I went walking. Good. And to your it, car? Or? No, I went five okay. five miles now. Okay. <laughs> and I'm only telling you this because I want you to I want you to embarrass me no. by coming back on here in a couple of days. Say how's the walking going and. And I was oh, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I was walking the other day in the sunlight, mind you, and there was one little spot where I got in the shade, and that felt really good. And then I got right back out of it, back in the sunshine. <laughs> There's a big difference between walking in the shade versus sunshine, in case you didn't know that. Again, thanks to CountryLiving.com for that great tip on some picnic ideas. And if you and your sweetie somewhere can go out and enjoy a good picnic here in the month of July, then have at it and enjoy these great ideas courtesy of countryliving.com. We're going to wrap up this hour of the Y'all Show right after this. All right, we've come to hours two's conclusion and we have another hour of conversing about the south and we're going to do that in just a few minutes after the top of the hour news megan and john here on the y'all show and if you want to get involved our number is 615-208-4184 a quick tease of what we're going to be talking about in hour three megan men competing in women's sports i'm sure you're a big fan
1: Well, it depends on the situation. No, I don't think so. I'll explain it All right,
0: we're going to have all that conversation. So if y'all have something to say about this subject, hit us up here at the Y'all Show. You can reach us on the 24-hour text line, 615-208-4184. Men and women's sports. What's that all about? We'll discuss in Hour 3. A little conversation about what's going on in the South continues alongside Megan Headwall. I'm John Rawl and this is y'all. Yeah, you got to have a last name that rhymes with y'all if you're going to be a part of this show. <laughs> and so you qualify, Megan. Good. <laughs> All right. Thank you for changing your name. <laughs> hey, we want you to be involved whether you rhyme with y'all or not. Come on in. 615 208 4184 is the way to get in touch with us here on the show that shakes the Southland. We are y'all. We've got news headlines that we'll be picking up on here in just a second, plus Megan, we've got a a subject today to talk about that is something that is something that I don't think you can have a no opinion on. You're going to have to have an opinion, because we're going to talk about men competing in women's sports.
1: Yes, we are.
0: And what led us to talk about this?
1: Just everything going on in the world right now, in the sports world, so... Okay. It's a huge topic.
0: All right. We'll talk about it here. And if you've got something to say about it, you can reach us on our 24 hour day text line, 615-208-4184. Plus, we've got, speaking of sports, an update on sports coming up before we get out of here today. And speaking of women, how about women participating in women's sports? (laughs) And we got the U.S. Women's Open from golf Saturday or Sunday. It was out at Pebble Beach and our Hawaiian golfer won out there as we've got a new champion of women's golf. I'll tell you all about the big win by Allison Corpitz, former Southern Cal Trojan turned golfer. So we'll have info on women's golf plus a guy with Georgia Connections wins the John Deere Classic in the Quad Cities. First time I think he's won on the PGA Tour. We'll tell you about that. And This is a little bit out of our Southern coverage here, but i got to tell you about what's going on with Pat Fitzgerald, the very, very respected head coach of the Northwestern Wildcat football team, as there's been a lot of allegations of hazing that have been going on with the Big Ten Northwestern Wildcats. What's up with that? We'll tell you in our sports headlines here of this final hour of the Y'all Show. Let's dive into the news headlines for this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. And we start off with a story out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. In 1921, there was arguably the worst race riot in the history of this country. The Tulsa race riot happened right there after World War I in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hundreds of people, both black and white, lost their lives there in that race riot. Ugly situation. Just two years ago, we had the 100th anniversary of of that race massacre that happened in Tulsa. Well, some news involving that massacre came out at the end of last week, and it came to us from a decision made by a judge who is weighing in on a possible reparations lawsuit filed by three surviving people. There are actually three people who were alive in 1921 and were there during the race riot and they were all part of a lawsuit seeking reparations from this Tulsa race massacre. The judge in Oklahoma has now thrown out a lawsuit about these reparations, and that's going to evidently dash an effort to obtain some measure of legal justice by these three survivors of this deadly racist rampage of 1921. One of those three survivors has actually written a book that's just now coming out and that person is 109 years old oh, wow! how would you like to write a book at 109
1: i don't know about that <laughs>
0: i think you should
1: i think i'd want to take go a ahead, nap <laughs>
0: go ahead and write you a note no. when you're 109 to write a book but this person would have been if the race was 102 they'd been about seven years old when the race massacre happened so yeah you can remember a lot of stuff at age seven years old. The three survivors are Leslie Bennington-Randall, Randall, the woman that wrote the book, Viola Fletcher, is one of the survivors of the Tulsa race riot, and Hughes Van Ellis. They said after the decision to throw this thing out, they did not say whether they plan to appeal, but they probably will. They're going to have people backing them to try to overturn the judge's decision to throw out a reparations lawsuit after the Tulsa race riot of 1921 Elsewhere in our headlines across the southeast today a longtime political official in Tennessee he was both in the state house and the state senate he's died at age 69 following a jet skiing incident earlier in the month Roy Heron of Dresden Tennessee died at Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville Sunday he had been hospitalized since a January or rather July 1st collision on Kentucky Lake former Vice President Al Gore among the people with condolences as the former Vice President called his fellow Tennessee Democrat a dear friend and one of Tennessee's most devoted citizens the West Tennessee Democrat who was both a Tennessee State House member and State Senate member for decades at one time he was a floor leader in Nashville Dying after a jet skiing incident from earlier in the month. Dying on Sunday. Have you been on a jet ski lately? No, I've have
1: not. Have you
0: ever been on one?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Okay. They look fun, but they can be very dangerous. Yes. Especially, let's say, he got in a wreck on July 1st. That would have been the 4th of July holiday. Yeah. Would that have been the, the Saturday? Yeah. I'm sure Kentucky Lake, where this happened, would have been absolutely jam-packed with people. Yeah. I'm on sure. jet skis, boats, everywhere. And so... People, I'm not saying he was a knucklehead, but people get out there and they go flying around. Yeah. He could have been perfectly following all the rules and somebody else would have come and hit him. I don't know what happened, but I, I've seen how dangerous these things can be. Mm-hmm. And please be extra cautious, especially on our extremely busy waterways, as Kentucky Lake certainly is. Again, long-time Tennessee state legislator Roy Heron of Dresden, Tennessee dying Sunday after injuries resulting from a jet skiing incident back on July 1st. Also another story out of Tennessee a longtime soccer coach in Franklin, Tennessee now under arrest as he's alleged to have not only raped but he also drugged these age 9 through 17 boys that were part of his soccer teams and even filmed his assault. 63-year-old Camilio Hortado Campos arrested by the Franklin Police Department. Over the course of 20 years, he's alleged to have done these act, uh, un- unbelievable acts upon these young boys. Only two victims have been identified because most of the kids that he did this to were drugged and were totally unconscious when he's accused of drugging and raping and recording these videos in Franklin, Tennessee.
1: That's terrible.
0: It's terrible. Terrible, terrible. But that's a story from the Volunteer State there today. Also out of Virginia, talk about terrible. So in Alexandria just down the just downstream from Washington DC, you could say they are now looking for the culprit here after nine sausages have been found embedded with fish hooks inside them. Oh. They were put in areas where dogs frequented parks and such. And the Animal Welfare League of Alexandria has announced a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the person that has been putting fish hooks into these little sausages put in places where dogs go do their business. You don't have much to say about that, do you?
1: That's that's terrible, too.
0: Yep. In Virginia, attempting to maim or kill fowl or animals is a class one misdemeanor.
1: Do you have anything positive in the news? I don't.
0: Yeah, I I really don't. (laughs) It's really depressing. Let's just go talk about what you want to talk about, which is going to end up getting our show canceled.
1: (laughs) No, it's going to get our blood pressure up, is what it's going (laughs) to do.
0: All right, here's another bad story. You ready for this one? All right, here we go. You need to know about this one. You need to lose some weight, sister. Popular weight loss drug gets a new warning. A Zimpek. A a Azimpec, sorry. Azimpec in the news because. According to the National or American Society of Anesthesiologists also known as ASA they're now providing guidance specific to Ozempic because a lot of people are using it using it to lose weight. Yeah. You know, why go see Megan at the gym
1: when you can cheat your way to it? When you can just
0: <laughs> stick yourself. So evidently there's an issue of people on ozympec that end up having to go in and get surgeries. Mm-hmm. So this new Guidance from the ASA suggests withholding medications like Ozempic and Wegovy prior to surgery to reduce the to reduce the risk of complications with anesthesia. Huh. The guidance reflects concerns over delayed stomach emptying, which could cause patients undergoing anesthesia to experience aspiration, nausea, or vomiting.
1: Hmm.
0: When's the last time you've been put under the knife?
1: I was 12.
0: Oh, so it's been a while. Yeah. I guess you're not having to get the colonoscopies like no, many, many of us no. in the guy, guy category have to do. That's the last time I got knocked out. What about you? Never, you hadn't had your wisdom teeth taken out.
1: No, I need to. But okay, I well, didn't. you're going
0: to get knocked out when that happens. Well,
1: I better. I'm allergic to pain. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> oh yeah, and needles. Okay. I'm, I'm allergic to all of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember the day of getting the old uh, wisdom teeth. The good news about that was, and you can do the same. There was a reward after you got your teeth taken out. I got to go get me a shake. I think it was a vanilla shake, mm. which you start sucking on that thing, and then there's a little bit of blood still in your mouth.
1: All right. Yeah, it's good.
0: Hey, I told you we got lots of good news today <laughs> on the Y'all Show. Just be careful if you're on a Zipic and you've got to have any kind of surgery. Of course, a lot of people are she, – Megan, she, she wasn't kidding. She's mad about people that are cheating.
1: Well, I'm not mad. I can understand you want to reach your goals, but at the same time – It's not going to build healthy habits if you're bypassing.
0: But I must say, if you're going to try using these cheating methods, (laughs) for goodness sakes, check with your physician first.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So in South Carolina, a man upset over the Beaufort County School District's policy on sexually explicit books. What does he do? He shows up at the school board with bags of chicken feed to protest sexually explicit books. And he threw chicken feed at the school board while protesting. That's a new way to protest. Chicken feed. Let's
1: bring back the tomatoes.
0: You like that? <laughs> I like the chicken feed better. At least that has a purpose.
1: That kind of hurt. I feel I'll, like it's not hard enough.
0: <laughs> I want the tomatoes for myself. Right now. And lastly, in our headlines across the southeast, you know, do you know you're proud of where you live? You're not going to Mess up and confuse your state with another, correct?
1: I would hope not. Okay,
0: well, evidently in Georgia, they're a little confused because a billboard company has put up it's Miller Time, Alabama, smack dab in the middle of Macon, Georgia, which is nowhere near the Alabama no. state line. <laughs> Macon's right in the middle of middle Georgia. It's actually 188 miles, if you're wanting to count up, 188 miles from Macon to the Alabama state line, probably over to Eufaula is where that would be. And this advertisement on Gray Highway in Macon was put up last week saying, Tastes like Miller time, Alabama. Got a can of Miller in the outline of Alabama inside of it.
1: Maybe they're just trying to get people to talk.
0: I think the person putting it up was drunk on Miller. <laughs> on Miller. They've already replaced it, but what, oh. a, what a screw up there. It's
1: kind of embarrassing. In Macon
0: putting up the wrong state on a Miller beer sign. Note to self, don't do that anymore. We're not putting up signs. I like a good billboard.
1: Yeah. They're hard to find, though.
0: Well, Chick-fil-A does a good job with theirs. With
1: the cows. Yeah, yeah. and
0: the the ones that they've got where they have like people hanging off the edge and cows and stuff. Yeah. They do a good job. We need to get our own billboard here at Y'all show. Do you mind being the center centerpiece of it? <laughs> I don't just put your picture. Megan just just here, tune in.
1: Don't don't throw chicken feet at it. All right, <laughs> I
0: won't do that. We will come back with more when we come back, we're gonna switch over and talk about some more positive news. Oh yeah. We're gonna talk about men competing in women's sports
1: which can be a good thing depending on the situation. I
0: don't think so. I don't think it would ever be a good situation. Oh, I'll
1: let you know. All right. Well, I want to
0: hear what you got to say about <laughs> it. It's Megan, it's John, it's The Y'all Show. We want to hear from y'all if you want to get involved with today's program. The number is 615-208-4184. Again, that's a number you can text 24 hours a day. 615-208-4184. It's men versus women when The Y'all Show returns. Boys, settle down over there. Johnny Paycheck, the great Johnny Paycheck, and the great George Jones with a good duo. I've got another great duo of country guys coming up as we start the next segment of today's Y'all Show. But you're just going to have to stick around for that. I'm John, joined by Megan Headwall here on the Y'all Show as we talk about all things Southern. And i got a little bit of a kind of a breaking news that at least is breaking to me that I had not heard of, Megan And this is big because she recently went over to Sweden and absolutely destroyed the economy of Sweden for a little while. Beyonce. Have you heard about Beyonce?
1: You had mentioned it before. She's going to be coming
0: to Nashville. Uh She's got a Nissan Stadium concert that is going to be taking place. And I don't know the exact date because Beyonce's coming to Nissan Stadium Come on, why do they send me press releases and don't even tell me the date? But yeah, she's coming to Nashville. I had not, have you heard of that? No, I didn't. Okay, she's coming to Nissan Stadium. I'll have to dig that up here in a second to tell you more about it. But a lot of people come to Nashville from all over the South because it's such a geographically central place. And Beyonce, one of the biggest concert draws, maybe alongside Taylor Swift and Morgan Wallen, yeah. she, she's right up there. And she literally affected the economy of Sweden when she went there. Recently, Is she going to affect the economy of, hmm, Smyrna? I'll have to tune in and tell you about it later. Let me get that date lined up while Megan starts our conversation of men and women in sports. Should they be? We've seen this happen with the college swimmers. Yep. You know, the former Kentucky Wildcat swimmer who was going to be a national champion ended up getting beat out by a
1: guy. Yeah. A guy.
0: And, and President Trump athletes, yeah. President Trump likes to do that routine where he says you know boom boom swimming you know it's, <laughs> I can't I can't dare compete with him on his uh, reen- reenactment of that but uh, Megan this has been a fairly new thing about men getting the official permission to compete in women's sports for NCAA I know on swimming they did that it, and what all sports would a, a man want to compete as a woman? As
1: well, the only sports that a man would want to compete against a woman is failed male athletes, okay, basically they can't compete against themselves all right,
0: hate mail to Megan head well, what's your address?
1: <laughs> We're not giving that out, but yes, and you're hate mailing,
0: so yeah, so you're saying failed athletes and failed
1: male athletes, the only way they can win is by beating up a bunch of women
0: hmm. so let me ask you this, Dr. Megan, <laughs> is there a difference from a a, a physical yes. way I'm trying to put this correctly between a man and a woman
1: well yeah I, I mean everybody you know the whole our society to say, but I thought we were equal right they, our society today says that we are equal we're not equal there's differences between men and women and that's okay we all have our strengths and we have our weaknesses and a man is going to be physically stronger and faster than a woman is. Women can't compete against men. Who's smarter? Women, naturally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's better looking? Women. (laughs) All right, you know, don't hold back, seriously. So there are physical differences, and and it tends to favor men.
1: Well, yes, because they have testosterone, more testosterone than women do, and uh, women women have to work so hard to shave just a couple of seconds off of their time in these swimming and track sports, and men just come in and beat them and there's nothing motivating women to even want to try I don't understand these women who are competing against these men and they get second or third place why are you taking a picture with them? I would refuse to participate because I don't even stand a chance so I don't know but I am okay with men competing in women's sports in one instance and that is if we can place bets because how great would it be to say, yes, I'd like to uh, bet on the woman with the size 13 shoe and put two grand down? You're going to make a lot of money that way. <laughs> mm.
0: So, do you have a problem with women in men's sports?
1: You know, a friend and I had this conversation, and his take on it is, because you don't hear an outcry of women competing against men. Um, his view on is women who are, Transitioning, take testosterone, which is an enhancement, versus men taking estrogen. But the thing is, is a lot of these men or these boys who are transitioning, um, they've already gone through puberty, so they already have the advantage of, you know, male bone density, the muscle mass. They have a longer wingspan, bigger hand size. So, I mean, you can argue, oh, they're taking these things and detransitioning transitioning or whatever you want to call it, but... It's not going to change who you are. And 100 years from now, if someone digs up your bones, they're not going to be able to say, oh, this was a man who became a woman. They're just going to see this was a man.
0: So, so you're a athlete.
1: I was. i retired you're, athlete. You're
0: still an athlete, in my opinion. Look at this lady. <laughs> exactly. So you participated in, in in girls' sports, I guess, in high school and then women's sports in college. Yeah,
1: in high school, I did I played tennis, and then in college I played soccer and ran track. And, I mean, even now and throughout college, you know, lifting weights. I mean, bodybuilding is like a sport, but, like, if you look at men and women in the gym, these guys are lifting way heavier weights than I am, you know, so still can't compete. So you played? You
0: said soccer and tennis in college?
1: Uh, Tennis in high school, college, uh, I played soccer 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 and and ran track. track.
0: Soccer in college? Yes. And this was a competitive, like, scholarship type program you were part of? No. No? Okay. No,
1: I just kind of walked on, tried it out, worked really hard. But it was a
0: was it a yeah. division something type of school? Uh,
1: it was NCAA, National Christian.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the point is there's a lot of effort. And,
1: sorry, NCCAA.
0: Yeah, that too. That. <laughs> but a lot of effort goes into it. You had
1: yes, you professionally
0: p- paid coaches. You had people.
1: We, we had coaches. We had athletic trainers, you know, um we spent hours upon hours every week during the off season we'd practice you know we were working hard trying to shave seconds off of our time or you know get stronger or more accuracy so
0: and the last thing you wanted to do was show up for an event and get beat by some guy
1: yeah it's you know it's it's not fair
0: so, life's not fair
1: well I know life's not fair but I mean <laughs> that is true but if they want to do this if they want why don't they create like a separate division where if a guy thinks he's a girl and a girl thinks she's a guy they can all compete together
0: well make their own division. it comes down to the point and we' we're, we're the y'all show and everybody's got their opinion but I'm of the opinion you're either a guy or a girl
1: there's only two genders and you
0: can't switch up you can try to be and play another gender mm-hmm but you're still a guy or a girl. A
1: guy can't, have a, uh, can't get pregnant or have a period. And yeah. it's actually, I mean, even these companies, you know, portraying, like, men, like the tampons or something have come out and they're using guys to market, oh, I had a period. Like, okay, first of all, you're making fun of women because you think that we're weak and we can't get the job done because, oh, we're laying on the ground crying about cramps. Like, this is stupid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, we get up and we go out and we get stuff done. And these guys, who are trying to be women, are making a mockery of us. And these companies, this is what they're telling us they think of women. Dylan Mulvaney, oh, March Madness, I thought we were just having crazy months. No, women know and can know that was it's Was that basketball. the marketing campaign? Yeah, that was, yeah.
0: Is that why it came out March Madness basketball? Because he was making fun of...
1: Well no he it's Bud Light was they're essentially telling women this is what we think of you because Dylan Mulvaney saying oh now I'm a girl and I don't know what March Madness is but I guess it has something to do with sports you're making us look women look like a bunch of morons there are women out there who love basketball more than I do because you know I don't know anything about basketball but there are women out there who follow it religiously and you're making a mockery of them as if they're clueless and can't enjoy sports or know what's going on yeah. So it's kind of offensive, actually.
0: Well, Bud Light certainly suffered as a result of their decision to have Mulvaney as a spokes. Man, well,
1: But did you see that he's now mad at them? And he's going off on Bud Light because Bud Light's now kind of retracting and trying to get, you know, they've had, what, two distributors or whatever factories closed down because mm-hmm. there's no demand for their product. Um look at adidas and some of these other swimwear companies Why, as a woman would i want to buy a swimsuit that you're using a male to model now that's a man's suit not a woman's
0: yeah megan i I will have to tell you in preparation for this segment i did some intensive research over the weekend and driving throughout the countryside of the south i drove by at least two country liquor store beer gas station type places okay Uh And I saw two different times good old boys coming out of that gas station with a big old 12-pack of Bud Light.
1: That's okay. I mean... If that's what they like and that's what they want to Should I have
0: stopped them and say, <laughs> no. excuse me, sir.
1: No. Are you familiar
0: with what's going on with Bud Light?
1: No, I'm sure. I mean, I don't think there's a single person who doesn't know what's going on with Bud Light. So some people just don't care. Um, it's kind of like when it comes to voting, too. Some people think, oh, if I just stop buying this product, it's not going to make a difference. So I might as well just keep buying it. Oh, my one vote's not going to count, which, yes, it does. Get out and vote. How do you know? But,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm I know. I know, you know. <laughs> We're talking with Megan. It's John. It's the Y'all Show Monday edition. And I know everybody's got an opinion on this matter. And if you have something, let us know. 615-208-4184 is the way to, to reach us, whether you're getting us on the radio or if you're catching us on demand at y'all.com's podcast option, which is Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, as well as Apple Podcasts. And we're in iTunes to boot so, women and men's sports, do you happen to know the name of the former Kentucky Wildcat swimmer?
1: Oh, no. I don't have her name. She's done a but good yes, job. She she's gotten a whole lot of She
0: got kicked out of, I think it was out at California, UC, Berkeley. She might have been so. supposed to speak there, and they kicked her off campus or something because of her. She was basically saying, I should have won a national championship. I worked she should my whole have. career
1: she should have. to
0: be a national champion, and they decided to have a, was it a Harvard swimmer? one one of the ivy league schools put some kind of thing out there and that thing bested her and it just devastated her and she's making a career of promoting it
1: yeah yeah she's she's gotten a whole lot of attention from it and i think it's really started she's so outspoken about it i think it's opened a lot of people's eyes to
0: and kentucky swimming by the way is really good yeah one of the best swimming programs in the SEC for sure, and so she worked hard. Riley Gaines is who I am yes. trying to come up with. Riley Gaines, her. you got her.
1: Well, I mean, I found it.
0: <laughs> Should we declare her the national champion of the Y'all Show?
1: Yes, absolutely. For doing it the
0: right way, but, but she, she, she's an example of somebody who had worked probably her since her childhood to be a champion, and then lo and behold, when the curtain is drawn back and she's got that shining moment, it when, gets
1: yeah. When you are destroyed, when you are walking. Or when you're running, you know, if you're trying to, if you've got a time you want to beat or you're trying to get a little faster, you work hard. You know, you spend hours trying to prepare for that. And she had to work so hard to shave just a couple of seconds, milliseconds off of her time. And she put in all this work just to get beat by a guy. It's not motivating to do. And it's interesting, you know, the whole feminist movement and they scream, oh, we love women and women are the best. They're actually very silent which is surprising to me. They're not they're not outraged that these men are competing against women. If they really if the feminists really cared about women, I think that they would have spoken up a little bit more and been like this isn't right. Men should not compete against women. And they haven't. So
0: Well, I'm old school. I definitely think there's a place for women, there's a place for men and you don't have to combine them.
1: Yeah, you don't have to. And And there's also like there's sports out there where it is like recreational and it's co ed and it's fun, but you know, when you're on the college level or professional level, you shouldn't have that. Unless you start a whole new league where it's a co ed league and everybody plays against each other, okay.
0: I'm a I'm a guy who went to an all male college and I think there's a place for all male colleges and all female colleges.
1: Yeah, they have those, but
0: they're not they're not many.
1: There's not many.
0: Not many at all. So single gender is a great thing, in my opinion, when it comes to education. And and now we're seeing, and trust me, as a guy who went to a single gender school, there were lots of haters, people that just wanted to bring that institution down. Let's just make it like all the rest of that's. That's how the liberals think, Megan. They don't want to see anything be something old. They want to destroy everything just so they can build it back up.
1: In a different, you know, In a different, more just, communistic, socialist You could say way. that.
0: You could say that. But, but we
1: call it progressive.
0: Liberals just want to change everything. And then they get it changed and then they want to change it again. That's how I feel. I'm not a liberal, Megan. I'm sorry. Anything else on this topic before we let you go? Because nope. we're going to have to sit here and take the fan mail, <laughs> the angry fan mail.
1: Oh, I'll take it all day long. Oh, you're
0: going to take it? Oh, sure. Oh,
1: all right. doesn't scare me.
0: So you haven't had a guy mess you up because... I'm going to do something about it if that's the case. <laughs> no. Nobody, no guys come in there and won an award that you should have won.
1: No. No. But, if I, like I said, if I was an athlete right now in college or professionally and I had to compete against a man, I wouldn't compete at all. I would boycott it. You know what? Because it's not fair to me to put in all this time and work and money to try to be better all for nothing because I can never compete against a guy.
0: Let me, as we get ready to depart with you, Megan, let me tell you about this name from about three years ago that for about a week or two weeks there was the biggest name in sports. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Sarah Fuller. That rang a bell?
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard it before.
0: Yeah. Sarah Fuller kicked for the Vanderbilt Commodores. About three different times, mm-hmm. and she became the most important sports person in the, in the history of Vanderbilt sports, according to some. <laughs> it's really pathetic what, what how the media, especially ESPN, played out her role. She might have even won some kind of big award. Now that I think about it, uh-huh. and I'm, not long ago, I went and looked up like Vanderbilt football, uh-huh. and her her picture was the first thing to show up. <laughs> So they, she is pretty big. <laughs> she's not that good. she she kicked on a kick on an onside kick. she kicked, and I think she kicked maybe an extra point or something and And it wasn't Vanderbilt, although they' they're the reason more than anybody that was the previous I think it was Sailor, Sarah Fuller and the former head coach at Vanderbilt and the athletic director at that time, the bringing of her into that whole media circus uh-huh. is what ultimately led to the ouster of Derek Mason as their coach, and now Clark Lee is the head coach, because I think Vanderbilt, whatever since they had left, said, you know what, we need to get back to being like a real school here, and not trying to be woke, 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 and and bring in a guy who actually used to be a football player at VU, Clark Lee. Mm -hmm. Sarah Fuller, everybody. Hmm. You thought you'd have forgotten about her.
1: (laughs) It's been a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but she's an example of a woman in a men's sport. Yeah,
1: but even then, I mean, women are built differently. So, like, those physical contact sports playing against men, football, hockey. I mean, women getting checked up against the boards or getting hit. I know she was a kicker and stuff, so less likely. But, I mean, still, that could be more damaging than anything. So...
0: I don't know what Sarah's doing now, Sarah. If you're listening, and we're just we're just telling the <laughs> truth here, and and Megan just and my
1: opinions. Like, yeah.
0: And Sarah was a Vanderbilt soccer player, so yes. you bet you'd have been a good football player.
1: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's Megan Headwall. Thank you again. We will see you back here Wednesday. Wednesday, and then then Monday of next week. She's going to be going on a vacation soon. That's something I certainly object to. <laughs> we'll come back and start the next segment out with a little Southern speaking of sports. I don't know if Sarah Fuller's in our headlines, but we've got a little Southern sports to catch you up with as the third hour of the Y'all Show continues.
1: My rebel attitude I'm a southern boy Southern born and free I got sweet home Alabama Buzzing all around in my head I'm right at home in Georgia Down in carousine
0: Yeah, I'd be happy anywhere But love the Mason-Dixon line I'm working and i sweatin' till I hear that whistle blow. Country
1: rocker cooking on my pickup radio. I rush home for a shower and put on my dancing shoes.
0: I get the Friday fever and the Sunday morning blues. I'm a Southern boy. I like a rowdy crowd. We'll both seat for some of the jukebox and turn That's that the way up loud. Don't need a reservation. We're just a- having fun. It's party time in Dixie, y'all just come on down and get you some. Oh, some southern boys there. You heard it. Little Georgia boy and a Carolina kid and Charlie Daniels and Travis Tritt together with the song from about 20 years ago. Southern boy. Love that for all of our Southern boys out there. Thank you for listening to the y'all show and our Southern gals. We love you too. And thank you for taking time to catch us here on great radio stations of Dixie, as well as those of you who get us each and every day in podcast form. We're wrapping things up here in this final hour of our Monday y'all show. And how about this story that broke in the Southern sports world the other day, the amount of money that Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers retired QB, the amount of money that he supposedly lost in the collapse of crypto giant FTX have you heard about that amount? 30 mil $30 million as he was part of the cryptocurrency company FTX's marketing plan and he received $30 million in the now worthless stock for his work pitching the company and TV ads and at its conference and his his then honey Giselle Bunchen she also got 18 million so nearly 50 million dollars to the then Brady household for FTX's for being their pitch men and pitch women FTX ended up filing for bankruptcy in November the former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried is now facing federal fraud related charges Tom Brady, though, took a hit, it looks like, with his decision to help out FTX. Remember, FTX also was a sponsor of the uniforms of Major League Baseball umpires. I bet you they don't have those little FTX logos on their uniforms this year. (laughs) I don't think so. By the way, All-Star Game is taking place in Seattle on Tuesday. You got your home run derby of Major League Baseball set to take place on this Monday evening, some college football news. This is not Southern, but it's close enough. Big Ten, to, we go to Evanston, Illinois, and the Northwestern Wildcats. Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach of the Wildcat program, in a lot of trouble right now as allegations coming out about him Hazing. He just got disciplined by having to sit out some games for the Wildcats at the start of the 23 season. Now, a former Northwestern football player has come forward with allegations of widespread hazing within the Northwestern program. And he spoke Sunday with University President Michael Shield, who is considering more discipline for Coach Pat Fitzgerald. I'm telling you, Fitzgerald could be fired. As a result of this, this is a guy who's done a great job leading Northwestern, taking him to the Big Ten championship game a year ago. Many, many very good wins along the way. Bowl victories, lots of bowl appearances and such. But Fitzgerald, if true, and he's already been suspended for some of the games to start the new season. This is not looking good here a couple of weeks before the start of the 23 season as Northwestern reconsidering its penalty amid a hazing probe of this Big Ten football program. We'll keep you updated on that in our headlines of college football throughout the week. Elsewhere, to the world of college baseball, congratulations to a pair of LSU Tigers who just won the national championship. And to back that thing up, Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz went 1-2 and two in Sunday's MLB first-round draft. As Skeen's picked up by the Pittsburgh Pirates, he's a pitcher and went number one overall to the Bucks. And then his teammate from LSU, Dylan Cruz, gets picked up number two by the Washington Nationals. He's a very good power-hitting outfielder and both Skeen's and Cruz of the Purple and Gold, going one and two in the 2023 ML Baseball, Major League Baseball, Amateur Draft held round one Sunday in Seattle, where, again, it's the All-Star Week going on there for the Mariners hosting that event. To the world of PGA Tour golf, a guy with a Georgia Bulldog connection, Sepp Straka, won the John Deere Classic with a final round of 62. Congratulations to this former dog. He is a native of Austria, but he has Georgia connections. If you ever hear him talk, you'll know he's not from Austria. Nine. He's a good golfer there, as he was a very good golfer for the Georgia Bulldogs, a.k.a. in German, the Huns. The Huns of UGA. So he wins Sunday on the tour. And then, how about Allison Corpitz winning the U.S. Women's Open out at Pebble Beach? The Hawaiian native becomes the first American to win the U.S. Open for Women in about seven years. A huge victory for her. She's a former USC Trojan golfer. 25-year-old lady ends up winning about $2 million after her victory Sunday. One of the top five finishers in this event was a Georgia native, Bailey Tart. She wraps up the weekend in the top five. At one point, she actually led... She was the 36-hole leader in the clubhouse. Bailey Tart ends up, tardy, as her name, and Bailey just missing out at a chance to win, but she had a very good weekend at Pebble, Be- Pebble Beach, this relative newcomer. She's, I think, 25 years young, Georgia native, somebody to kind of keep your eye on as she's moved on from the Epson tour to the PGA tour with this amount of money that she's won, half mil. She will be very welcome to be part of the PGA tour for, for a while. This former UGA, she's a just like how about that good day for Georgia golf Sunday, with the man Sep Stryka winning on the PGA tour, and then Bailey Tardy having a good day. The twenty-five. No, she's twenty-six, rather. She's twenty-six year old golfer good day for her on the golf course but again the winner former usc trojan golfer and her first victory ever on tour allison Corpitz, picking up the two million dollar check in her first major her first lpga victory ever for this golfer and that is a look at some southern sports happenings here as we wrap up hour three of the y'all show we will come back up and say goodbye to you for good after this commercial timeout on the show that shakes the Southland we're the y'all with your host the general of all things Southern John Ryan. All right y'all we've come to the end of this Monday edition thank you so much for being a part we'll be right back here on tuesday with more fun we're going to have our southern political report and a southern book report all coming your way on the show that's all about dixie we are the y'all show powered by y'all.com have a great rest of your day